Okay, people, so it's time for a new episode of Echo Chamber, and this one we have got a two-part people. We're back with even more goodness. So we've got four films in part one, right? But as we do, we're going to start off with the UK cinema box office top 10 for the weekend of the 9th to the 11th of September. So in at number 10, as it's sticking around at number 10, it is no right from Children Pill, broken directly starring Daniel Kalua, Palmer, Brandon Penner, Michael Winkoff, Stephen Long, Keith David, Deborah Gray, Barbie Carrera. Ah, yes. At number nine, still. Man, this is seems like it's been a It is Top Gun Maverick by Chosen Kaminsky, written by Aaron Kruger and Eric Lindley Singer, sorry, Tom Cruise, Jennifer Conley, Val Kilmer, Gene Louise Keller, Miles Teller, John Ham, Eric Harris, Manny Glenn Powell, Raymond Lee, Monica Barbaro, Louis Pullman. Danny Ramirez, Jake Pickering, and Shea. Right, which means our number eight bill is Bullet Train. Alright, so this is from Xavier the Edge, and it is written by Zach Bollowitch, Sorry, Brad Pitt, Simon Bullock, Shelly King, Sassy B, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Karen Okahara, Michael Shannon, Brian Torrey, Henry, Bad Bunny, and Root. Right, so our number seven film. Hmm. No, I don't think this is what people are going to say last week. It's bodies, 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 right? From Halina Arashin. It is written by Sarah Dalek, and the um, story is called Tristan Rupert. Right, it's starring Amanda Stenberg, Maria Bakalova, Rachel Sonnet, Jesu Wonders, Pete Davidson, Lee Pace, Connor O'Malley, and Myla Harold. Okay, that means people at number six, we have EC's League of Super Pets. Right, so Jared Stern and Sam Levin direct, Stern from right John Whittington. Um, we have got voice cast of Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Martin, Lessa Fryer, Diego Luna, John Travinsky, Mark Marin, Kate McKinnon, Piano Reeves, Dasha, Ronco, Ben Swartz, Jamelia Jamil, Thomas Middlebitch, and David Cresswell. So, people, that means we jump into the top five. 
at number five. I feel this was number one last week. It's Minions, The Rise of the Room. Right, so this is from Pearl Powder, Brad Abelson, Jonathan DeVal, written by Matthew Fogel, and we've got the voice of Steve Carell, Pierre Adam Arkin, Tarchi Defense, Michelle Yu, Julie Andrews, Russell Brand, John Cree Van Damme, Doug Lovren, Dolph Lovren, Danny Drake, Lucy Lawless, Jimmy O. Yang, Rizza, Will Arnett, Steve, Our number four film is, still this is a new, new one, Ramastra, part one, Oh, this is a Hollywood choice. It is uh, directed by Ayan Mukahaji, who uh, co-writes Usain Bala, uh, starring Ranbir Kaur, Aliyah Right, yeah, I think we're gonna go with the right, number three. Right, I think this is Kenneth. We've got the words that were captured. Sure, Matt in the right, Steven Spielberg, written by Carl Dutton and Peter Finchley, Ray Schneider, um, Roy Schneider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus. Lauren Gray, Murray Hamilton, Written by uh, Manel Booth and Joseph Gattel with Neil Landau doing the translation. And we've got a voice cast of Louise Sada, Michelle Jenner, Anuska Alvord, Alexandra Jimenez, Tito. Which means our number one film this week, right? This is See How They Run. Tom George directs, Mark Shackman writes, Sam Rockwell, Therese Ronan, Harris Dickinson, Adrian Brody, Ruth Wilson, Shirley Henderson, David Oleo, Shine Lippard. That's it, people. That is the films this week. Right? So, as I said, it is a two parter, but in part one, we got four films. So, I feel, feel we should get into those films, right? You ready? Let's go. Oh. 
Okay, people, we're gonna start off with Espejo Espejo, aka Mira. Okay, so I decided to give this Spanish film a look, right? It's called, well, <laughs> I say it's called, right? Because, you know, obviously there's the English and there's the Spanish. Now, I'm not sure I can pronounce the Spanish. <laughs> because, fuck, it is, uh, oh, how do you say this? Um, hmm. I believe it's Espijo, Espijo, right? Which translates to mirror, mirror, I believe. I feel I probably butchered the name, okay? It is written and directed by Mark Chihut. Um, the film is then produced by, well, executive produced by Yakim Padro um, and Martaganora, and associate produced by Daniel Padro. Music is from Gilmiro Martorell. Uh, cinematography is Paul Opinel. Uh, it's edited by Elodie Lefold. Production design is Anna Viella. Art direction is Alba Bravo. Set decoration is Paolo Gonzalez. Costume design is Sevilla Sampaglio. Right? Um, hair and makeup is Helena Benoit and Eva Sesma. Our cast, right? Well, we have got Christiana, Christian, Christina, or Christian. Uh, she is played by Melina Artiro. Her sister, Paola, is played by Natalia de Molina. Um, we've got Alvaro, the... Director, played by Santi Milian. Um, Al hmm, Alvaro? Yeah. Um, there's Alberto, played by Carlos Eresis. Uh, Ernesto, played by Carlos Bardem. Maria, played by Tony Acosta. Susana, played by Maria Adanez, Rosa, played by Lose Leon, Pedro, played by Tito Valade, Miss, Missy, Miss, it's played by Veronica Farouk, Antonia, it's played by Betsy Tunez, Juan is Isaac Cabot, um, I think that's probably the main gist, right? Storyline is this. Four staffers at a cosmetics firm in its 50th year. The marketing director who's almost as old himself, a 25-year-old ambitious female assistant, her sister being pushed to come out, and an insecure chubby 40-year-old administrator. 
Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a good description, right? Like, I listen. The other description floating about is not really any better, right? Um, the fiction follows four employees working for a cosmetic company who engage in conversations with their reflections in the mirror. Yeah, both a little. Hmm. Now, I thought coming in, right, that there was, it was, I don't know, because you see the people in a room and you, I, yeah, so I thought, oh, it's a science experiment, right? And it, it's making them hallucinate or, you know, sub. <clears throat> oh my geez. But these people, apologies. But it's not that, right? It's, it, it, it's hard to describe, right? Because essentially it, it's about this cosmetic agency and supposedly they're looking to change direction, right? But even all of that, it's a little flim flam. You know, right? The whole mirror thing is interesting, right? It, it could definitely be utilized in this really, you know, intriguing way. But essentially, yeah, we have these four characters who all have their reflections in the mirror talk to them, right? There's no real rhyme or reason to it. And it just happens every time they look in the mirror. So it's not. You know what I mean? Like we've seen it utilized in horrors and fantasy, where it's a bit more coercive. Coercive? I feel that is a word, right? Uh, or sinister. This is just all the time. All the time. Every time they look in, then the reflection is like rah, 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 rah. so it it doesn't I don't know. For me, it didn't have the same impact. You know what I mean? It's like there was a lot of things that it felt like the story wanted to talk about. But it was all pretty much surface level. You know, it, we, we have one of those things where, right, so Paula's created this video. Right? She works for the agency, you know, the agency. She's been asked to do a video for their 50th birthday. She does a video and then just puts it up online, right? But then it's all, oh, I'm not sure you should have, has this, like, I'm not sure you should have done, oh, it's my job, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, well, that's not how it works, right? I, I just think sometimes in these films, they, they want to show characters, you know, feeling put upon or angry or that kind of thing, which would be fine, Right, if you had the character go through the proper procedure, right? If they went through it, the, they were asked to do a thing, they did that thing, and then, right, then they got put upon. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I get that. That's some bullshit, right? That's something everyone does. But if you do something which you're not meant to do, right, you haven't followed procedure, and you just decided to go rogue. I mean, you should expect some fallback, right? You should expect some flack from that because you went rogue. 
You know what I'm saying? But then they have the character be like, oh, I can't believe people are talking to me like this. You're just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Why wouldn't you expect that? You fucking crazy? Hey, you crazy? You know what I mean? So that's where it gets weird, right? That's where it gets weird a lot of times in these things, you know? And so you have this character who's, like, listen, another problem I have is whenever they want to show marketing and communications in films and TV, the campaigns they put out there are usually trash. Right, she does this video that says nothing. Right now, everyone talks about it in a way going, Oh, look, it's really progressive and it's pushing these ideas of beauty. It is not. <laughs> That's the crazy thing about it. Right, if you look at the video for what the video is, it does none of the things in which they, they kind of profess that it does. Right. But you have this video that says nothing, but then suddenly it's changing the face of everything. But the character they chose to do this, right, even though she's spouting all of these things about real beauty and blah, 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 she don't live that life, right? It's not like she lives that life. So you're, you're looking at this hypocrisy, but the film isn't playing it like it is hypocrisy. That's great. Now, if you did that, right, because we see that all the time, people virtue signaling and being like, oh, I'm for this. But everyone knows they're not. And their actions never reflect that shit. Right. If you played it like that, that would be funny. Right. Because this essentially is meant to be a comedy. It's not really funny. I mean, well, I will say for me, I didn't laugh once. I didn't chuckle once. You know? But I will say, right? watching certain like, Spanish films and things like that in the past, there is definitely a different type of humour. Right? So, make, this could kill in Spain. Right? Or Spanish-speaking countries. They might watch this and be like, oh my god! Miramiro was the shit! I laughed so hard! I, you know, had a heart attack. I don't know, right? Maybe it does that. For me, it did not. For me, it did nothing. <sighs> Which is a little frustrating, right? We then, you know, it, it's supposedly looking at, like, um, sexual identity. You know? And we have, the, you know, Christina. She's, like, thinking about all of this herself and all of that. But then again, the way they they kind of do that, all a little weird, right? It is just, you know, she goes to a barber's and suddenly, oh, all oh, the barber's is just everyone partying because, hey, they're gay. So obviously they just party. It's just, yeah, there, there's these weird stereotypes, which the film is going Oh no, we're breaking stereotypes, but the film is just chock a block of stereotypes, right? And again, yes, you could play it in an irony, 
right? You you could do it like that. When you watch stuff like, you know, there was that greed film recently um, with uh, Steve Coogan. Was it Steve Coogan? I want to say it was Steve Coogan in it. I might be wrong. That was, you know, poking fun at um, that British uh, fashion tycoon dude, right? Um, now, there was a, that was a load of irony up in that, right? And other stuff, you know, you think of the thicker bid and, you know, things like that. This, no irony, right? And I feel that's what this film should be, right? I feel that's what this film is sold on. But it just doesn't really deliver. Again, maybe in Spain, right? This they're like, ah, oh, the irony, ah, it's so funny, mira, mira. That's not Spanish. I don't even know what the fuck that was. To be, I don't know what that was. But hey, there you go. You know what I mean? There you go, people. But yeah, ah, oh, people. Like I felt that mira, mira, could. Like, well, I felt it wanted to be this, essentially this mirror, right? This mirror to the perception of beauty and our understanding of it and all of that jazz. And it didn't quite hit the bill for me. Didn't quite hit the bill. Listen, it's on Netflix, you know, just dropped. So maybe if you like your Spanish films, your Spanish language films, right? This might read a whole lot different for you. So, so people, there you go. It's there. You might want to check it out. If you like a little satire, right? I say comedy. You know, you might find it funny. But yeah, it's on Netflix. Mirror Mirror. Or by its Spanish name, Espijo. Espijo. Sure. Next up, people, sticking streamers, Jack Logan Prime for dating and Okay, people, so yeah, I was wondering what to watch and I figured I would check out Dating and New York, right? The new joint on Prime Video, you know? It is um, written and directed by Jonah Beingold. Uh, it's his directorial debut as well, his feature debut, you know what I mean? Uh, the film is produced by um, Feingold and Jackie Akrich. Um, is executive produced by Jacoby Young-White, Sam Weinstein, Craig Swindler, Francesca Rail, Mason Novick. Matthew Lev, Tracy Kopolowski, uh, Jerry Ferreira, Spencer Barkoff, co-produced by Kieran Altman, and Katie Schiller. 
I mean, I kind of feel a lot of those co-produced must be right credit based because yeah, that's a lot of people to have up on a joint. You know what I mean? Um, music is from Grant Fonda. Cinematography is Maria Rushk. It's edited by Hannah Park. Casting is Chelsea Ellis Booch and Marisol Ronkelly. Okay, so the production design is Michelle Lee. Um, makeup is Alina Gantz and Lily Lee. Uh, production management is Jeremy Trong. Um, and our cast, well, interestingly enough, people, I mean, now you might go, no, that's not that interesting. But, right, Francesca Real, who is in one of our other films this week as a bit player, she's one of the leads. She plays Wendy Brinkley. Um, Opposite, Milo Marx, who is played by Jacoby Young-White. Now, Milo's best friend is Hank Kadner, played by Brian Muller. And Wendy's best friend is Jesse Katz, played by Catherine Cohen. Right, we've also got Olivia, played by Taylor Hill. Um, there is... Um, so Jesse sees uh, uh, the shrink, Dr. Lura Troop, played by Deborah Offner. Um, now, Fine Gold also plays one of uh, Wendy's dates in the film, Mort. Um, we got Sandra, Sandra James as a real estate agent. Uh, got Bradley, another of Wendy's exes, played by Arturo Castro, who uh, is in. Um... Huh. I cannot think of that fucking. It's the two girls. Right, is this that show with the two girls living in New York? Fuck! Oh my days! I cannot think of what that what that is. It went for a few seasons. It, it was a lot of fun. It got a little political in places when they had that episode with Hillary Clinton that seemed very weird, right? But he's a he was a gay friend in that. I cannot. Yeah. Oh, can't think of what the show is called. That's fucking irritating. Jesus Christ, my memory is horrendous. Right, we've got Trent, another of um, Wendy's boyfriends, who's played by Max Moffat. There's Jenna, one of um, Milo's exes. She's played by Eva Victoria. Um... Do, do, do. Who else have we got? Okay, so there's a doorman, right? Um, who is 
Well, he doesn't really get... I feel he did have a name. I think they did call him Jerry in it, right? And he's played by Jerry Ferreira. He's also the narrator of the whole joint. And I was like, I, I swear I've recognised that dude from somewhere. He played Turtle in Entourage. Yes. I didn't really watch Entourage, but I watched it a few times. So I was like, I recognise that dude. Who the fuck is that dude? And yeah, that's who it is. That's who he is, people. <laughs> okay. So, um, now, what is this film about, you ask? Yeah, you did. Stop lying. You know you asked that question. Well, I will tell you. Two dating app matched New York millennials draw up a best friend with benefits contract. What could possibly go wrong? Right? Which, I mean, as soon as you hear that, you kind of know the film. Right? I guess you kind of know the film after learning that. You know, and yeah, it is that. It is that. We we have the, you know, it's just, yeah, they, they play the whole intro of like millennials, New York, dating, dating apps, and going through different apps and all of that. Now, we know what the apps are. <laughs> no, like essentially what we got uh, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, eHarmony, Go Cupid. Is that still a fit one? Hmm. But yeah, they're the they're the big ones. Now you've got the offshoots. Like I think there's, oh, I swear there was one coffee and bagel, right? And then you've got you know Jewish ones and you know like neat like niche ones like that. I do believe hearing about one for farmers, right? So there's these niche ones, but the, you know the main ones are those, right? But we in stuff like this, they always try and reinvent the wheel and come up with really dumb names for apps. I mean, to be fair, the apps that we do have have dumb names, so you know. But yeah, so we get walked through all of this, and you know, we meet these characters at a bar, having a having conversations and all of that. And Milo's talking to Wendy, and she mentions she's got a boyfriend, and he just gets up and walks off. Right? She's talking to his friend Hank, who's talking to uh, Jesse, and turns out Jesse's friends with Wendy obviously and then we get this you know very verbose conversation right which you know basically is the film you know these are, there's a lot of these conversations which you think normal people do not have right don't talk like this but obviously in something like this, everyone talks like this and it's so in a way it's aware of what it is, but then in that context, it, it feels like it's trying to go, <laughs> yeah, I'm letting you into a little secret here, people. You know what I mean? You think think this, but we're we're gonna take you under the hood of what they 
is, what relationships are. <laughs> we are smarter than the average bear. Like that's what it feels like it's trying to do a lot of the time. Which I mean, right? That can be fine. But there, they, like, there's a there's a balancing act here, right? It's a balancing act. This doesn't quite kind of feel it doesn't quite make it work. You know? It's it's not terrible or anything, but I think when you've got films like Link, I know, right? I talk about them a lot, but Link later before trilogy, right? I'm people, if you haven't seen those films, I say it all the time. But you need to see those fucking films. They're incredible. Right? They're incredible. And it's just the way they're written. Because it feels real. Right? They're dealing with real kind of things that you face in a relationship. Not the overblown, forced kind of elements that they throw into a film like this. And they go, look, ah, this is a thing. Ah, they're going to lose their minds over this. And you're just like, ah. I mean, maybe some people do. You know, maybe some people do. I will, to be fair. But it's not the norm. Like, we don't need to make this the norm, people. Come on. What are we doing? What are we doing? So that's a thing. And then, um, again, I talk about a lot in Search of a Midnight Kiss, yo. Search of a Midnight Kiss. It's, oh, I love that. It's awesome. Right, you've even got things like Eternal Sunshine for the Spotlight Nine, which is a little esoteric, but you know, it's still right, more realistic conversations. Right? So you so you have that, and you've got the thing with the doorman, which like they want to break the fourth wall a lot in this. And there is a bit where the doorman says a thing, and you'll just be like. But what's the purpose of that? Right, it's very weird. But you could understand if it's being said to then create a situation. But it's not. And you're like, okay. But why? You know what I mean? It didn't really make any sense. Right? There's other things as well. There's a bit when Hank's looking at an apartment. And... Then he asks, and this isn't a spoiler, so don't worry, but he asks Jesse to move in with him. And she's like, ah, oh, this part is so small. It's like, uh, it's not the best, blah, blah, blah. Now, she agrees to move in with him, and they take the apartment. And you're kind of like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're going to live, now your disposable income has increased. So technically, you could find a better apartment, a bigger apartment, right? That was, made no sense, right? That whole thing made no sense. Because I'm just like, you're there with the real estate. You know, if he had asked her to move in, like, later on that evening, in a bar, boom, you'd be like, okay, fine. But when you're there in the flat, the real estate agent's there. You've, you've agreed. You're like, oh, we've now got more money. <laughs> we could find something better, right? 
it, it's just yeah one of those odd kind of elements in, like there's a bit with I do believe it's this and I'm not making this up right or just you know, mixing up my films but there's a, with, with the um, what's it with this no 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 it wasn't with this film I'm bad. I was going to say something. It was with a different film. <laughs> Yo, it's not happens when you watch too many things and your memory is shit. Like, sometimes you just mix things up. Woo! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm an idiot, bro. Woo! Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, the characters aren't very likable. I'll tell you that, right? Because you've got like Milo, who's ghosting chicks on the reg, right? But then it's all about, oh, but I want real love and blah, 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 but not giving other people an opportunity or a chance. And then, you know, when he's doing similar shit. And so I, I don't think you really like these characters. Now, I'm not saying you have to like a character to be able to emphasize or get into a story, but it was just, yeah, both. Not the most likable, right? But it was kind of weird because the way we introduce Milo, they then try and change the narrative later, it feels, right? Going, oh, he's a dreamer just looking for love. And it's just like, hmm, earlier on, I thought he was kind of being sold as a bit of a, you know what I mean? Ah, one night sand. I'm not, nothing serious. I'm a bit of a, you know what I mean? Like, the whole, oh, I want something serious, but eh, do you really write one of those? Yash. But I will say, right, it, it's Homie's first film, right? His first feature film, um... And there is definitely some promise here. I mean, he does need to cut out having music to try and sell emotions because, look, we've seen it where it works, right? You know, stuff like fucking Top Gun Maverick and, like, we've seen it when it works. But a lot of times in these romantic comedies, you know, it, it feels rather forced, right? And, and yeah, it's what felt a little forced, right? So work on that. You know, some dialogue and all of that, but you know, I mean, his structure was there and everything like that, so there is promise for sure. So, we'll see what Jonah does in the future. But for now, people, dating and New York is available on Prime Video, right? Apple is on Apple. Um, yeah, you know, it's out there. So, if it sounds like your kind of jam. You know what I mean? If you if you like something like wedding season plus one, you know, go long weekend, which I feel do this slightly better. But if you like those films, then I think dating in New York will uh, speak to you, right? I think you'll vibe with it. So there you go, people. It's up now. Okay, so we jump over to Shudder for a new original. 
and it is time for who invited them. Okay, people, so the shadow content has been a bit light on the ground because the uh, my screaming platform was broken, but I finally got it fixed, which means we've got a new Shudder original right now. It came out a few weeks ago, but you know what I mean? Got to do the thing, right? And, and check these things out. So I'm trying to go back, go back and check things, you know? Um, so today we're looking at who invited them. Okay, so this is the new film written and directed by Duncan Birmingham. Okay, it is produced by Mary Pat Bentel, co-produced by Amy Werges, and associate produced by Patrick Lawrence. Cinematography is Bruce Thierry Chong. Um, Patrick Lawrence also handles the editing. Casting is Cara Shoot. Rosenbaum. Uh, production design is Jade Spears. Art direction is Nicholas de Oscos de Agostino. Um, set decoration is Augusta Weber. Hair and makeup is Constance Drew, Alicia Morgan, and Jamie Richmond. Now, our cast. We have got our couple, Ryan Hansen, is Adam, and Margot, his wife, is Melissa Tang. Our, um, their friends, there's Teeny, played by Tiffin Newton. Uh, Frank, played by Rothbart, Barry Rothbart. We've got Dylan, played by Kalo Moss. Um, Brooke, played by Avital Ash. Judy Kane plays Barbara. Matthew Kimborough plays Mr. Burke. Phil is played by Alan McLeod. Ryan is played by Zeke Nicholson. Lily is played by Claudia Chu. Neil is played by Christopher Chen. And who our couple, right? Our couple who gate crashed. We got Tom, played by Timothy Grandandoros, and Perry Matfield plays Sasha. So the gist of the piece is this Adam and Margot's housewarming party is a success. One couple linger after the guests leave revealing themselves to be wealthy neighbours. As one nightcap leads to another, Adam and Margot suspect their new friends are duplicitous, 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 duplicitous? Hmm, that's what we're going to go with. Duplicitous strangers. Um, 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 so, right, who invited them? Now, 
we open up with a kid having, well, we, we don't know what it is at first. It turns out to be a dream, right? A nightmare. So we have this. Tell, you know, the parents, they talk about it. Then we go into this party, right? We go into this party and, uh, yeah, we, we, we see the type of person old Adam is. <laughs> and that would be a bit of a douche, right? It's just like... Hey, my dude. Oh, good records, right? You digging the music, people? Oh, yeah, give me some, right? It's just like, ugh, cringy. And we can see that, you know, Margot, mm, not really digging the party, right? They, they, we do actually have a conversation between the two before the party. And they're talking about the new house they, they've just moved into. She seems to have hesitations, wish they didn't move, you know, there's all of this. And then at the party, you, you can see that Adam is playing up to the guests, right? He's trying to ingratiate himself with some people. We're not quite sure who, right? Work, friends, neighbours, but he, he's trying to do a thing, right? So we see all of this. Then we notice this couple, right? We notice this couple um, standing there. Well, we notice them when Adam noticed them, Tom and Sasha. And uh, yeah, we can see this something, right? We can see this something there. Now, as the night proceeds, everyone leaves. And they're both there, right? Tom and Sasha are still in the spot. Weird. Very weird. And the night proceeds with, like, them egging on Adam and Margot, right? Egging them on to, oh, you know, do this, or you should try this, and, oh, what about this idea? Right, and we, we have all of this, right? The interesting thing, this film is sold, right? It is sold as a, uh, well, in part, a comedy, right? It's a horror comedy. I don't know if you could call it a comedy, right? For me, there's no jokes, really. Now, there's things that are said that are, like, awkward and, you know, like, oh, you know, why don't you take your wife and have a talk with her? She doesn't listen. Kill her. I was joking. You know what I mean? It's not really a joke, right? I mean, he's saying it's, he's joking. But it, what I mean, it's not really comedy, right? It's just part of conversation. You know what I mean? It's the nuance between the character of someone. That, you know, so the things in here, which I guess some people might go, oh, that, that was comedy. I, I wasn't convinced, right? I'd have just said, just call it a psychological thriller. Boom. 
That's what it seems like. You know, a drama, right? And you can say it's got horror um, leanings for sure, right? For sure. But yeah, so it, it's, I feel it's been sold in the wrong way, right? And so throughout the night, as I said, look, you've got this couple just goading, goading, you know, Adam and Margot on, which is interesting, right? It's interesting. You can see what they're doing, right? Now, I think the big thing with it, because, you know, we're, we're seeing Adam and Margot unravel slightly. Now, that's fine, but I kind of think for that to fully work, we need to know more about Adam and Margot, right? Because you on, on paper, you're, you're watching it and you're thinking, wait, how's, like, that shouldn't work. You know what I mean? Like, on a happy couple, how's that, like, these things that are going down, you'd think, nice people, they're just, firstly, you'd be telling the couple to leave. You'd be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing in the yard, man? Why are you here? And even with the explanation, it was still like, ah, we're going to bed, man. I think it's time to go. All right? And everything that's being done, it's just like, mm, no. Right, I said no, stop it, or hang up, or right. There, there's other ways to handle the situation, and it feels a little bit simplistic to go, oh yeah, they're just gonna unravel this quickly. Now, if we had seen them in the beginning, and you know, we understand there's, there's there are some cracks. Right, there are some issues here. Then you can be like, all right, that makes sense. Okay, fine. But we don't. So it just seems like a, a very simplistic approach, right? Taking the easy route just to tell this story. You know, like acting is solid. Acting is solid. You know what I mean? And um yeah, I liked the way the film is filtered and just all of that, you know, they do play things, and it, it feels a little creepy and sinister in places, so all of that, boom, but yeah, there's certain motivations here that do feel kind of weird, right, you, you know, they're friends who are babysitting for them, right, there's certain things with them, right, in, in that part of the story that, again, you just feel like, why would you be doing that, right, obviously, that doesn't feel safe, and I don't know if someone's, you know what I mean, doing that thing, especially when you, you hear about other things involved with the story, it's just like, is someone really doing that at that time of night, I don't know, right, I'm not overly convinced, you know what I mean, so it's a little odd, it's a little odd, right? I did think the end, I really, I did really like the way it ended. I did really like the way it ended. It's very, uh, ooh. But, the, you know, things leading up to it, right? Bullet 
certain stuff like you're just like mm, really like hmm you know what I mean like getting people being injured and yeah it's just uh, like some things felt a little safe right some things felt a little safe I think with a film like this you really need to push the envelope for it to have impact on weight, right? To make it feel a little hefty. That's what we want, a little heft up on this. You know what I mean? We want to see some real, you know what I mean? Ramifications, some real kind of like weight to decisions. Be like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Oh, oh, yes. Let's bring these people into this bit. And you'll be like, okay. Right now, how's that impacting? What's gonna happen? Like, where is this gonna lead? You know, what I mean, there's just stuff, but it all feels a little bit. Mm, we're not fully committing to some of these ideas, you know. So I feel right. I feel that old um, dunk right. There's some there's some really good elements to this film. I just wish that he had gone further with it. Right? I wish he'd gone further with it. Now, if you are a fan of the old, uh, you know, who's in the house, right? That kind of thing. Like, if you remember that whole sequence in Us, which was Creepy as fuck, right? That was creepy as fuck. Now they push it like, oh, children people push that envelope. You know what I mean? But if you like that kind of thing, then yeah, who invited them, right? I think that might very well work with you. It, listen, if you've got a shutter subscription, you can check it out free. You know what I mean? But yeah, there's so many golden things on shutter. If you're like horror, yeah, I imagine you probably. Uh, Right, so it's there, it's, you know, opened up early in the month. So, yeah, if it sounds like your sort of thing, who invited them? Yeah, there you go, check it out. And people were gonna go back to Netflix for our last shrinking part one. It is Do Revenge. Okay, so I decided to check out Do Revenge. I wasn't quite sure at first if this was gonna be a teen flick, but then I saw a little clippy clip and it, you know, it piqued my interest, people. You know what I mean? So yeah, I uh, checked it out, right? So this is from Jennifer Katyn Robinson. She directs, she also co-writes with Celeste Ballard. The film is produced by um, Robinson, uh, also Peter Crone, and Anthony Brigman is executive produced by Joshua Bakova and Matt Levin. Music is handled from 
Estheim. Hmm. I wonder if that's one of the Heim girls. And Amanda Yamate. Cinematography is Brian Burgoyne. Um, it's edited by Laurie Ball and David S. Clark. Production design is Hilary Gutler. Art direction is Paul Moy and Amelia Steely. Costume design is Alana Merched. Uh, we got hair and makeup from Ellen Arden, Katie Ballard, Jennifer Denise Bennett, Dana Hamill, Ashley Langston, Teresa Morgan, Sonia Riviere, Leo Stakovich, and Luke Wacky. Now, our cast. Our cast. Well, we have Drea who is played by Camelia Mendes. Uh, there's Eleanor, played by Maya Hawke. There is Max, played by Austin Ambrose. Um, we've got Max's sister, Gabby, played by Talia Ryder. There is um, Drea's best friend, Tara, played by Alicia Boy. Um, there is... Carissa, Eleanor's ex, played by Ava Capri. Then we got JD, no, Elliot, played by JD, Jonathan Davis. Megan, played by Paris Berluck. Uh, Montana, played by Maya Reflecchio. Erica is played by Sophie Turner. Algira is Rachel Matthews. Um, we've got Clarissa's best friend, Russ, played by Rish Shah. Uh, there's Jessica, played by Elisa Bennett. Arena, played by Francesca Real. Um, Sage, played by Olivia Sue. Peter, played by Jude Timothy Harris. Um, Vice Principal Norris, played by Todd Allen Durkin. The Headmaster is played by Sarah Michelle Ugeller. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think that's our major players, I would say, people. I mean, there's a load of kids up in the spot, right? So, you know, there's a lot of people. Um, now, here is the gist, right? So, Drea is at the peak of her high school powers when her entire life goes up in flames after her sex tape gets leaked to the whole school. Right, in another synopsis it does say the sex tape is top a topless video right because you never know right because you see the camera pan and you see like her throw a bra down and i believe you see her throw a, a panties down but yeah you have no clue what this video is what's happening or anything like that but we know a sex tape gets leaked um but yes 
So the text tape gets leaked to the whole school, seemingly by her boyfriend and king of the school, Max. Eleanor is an awkward new transfer student who is angered to find out that she now has to go to school with her old bully, Carissia, who started a nasty rumor about her in summer camp when they were 13. After a clandestine run-in at tennis camp, Drea and Eleanor form an unlikely and secret friendship to get revenge on each other's tormentors. Bum, 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 bum. So, right, just hearing that plot, right, you, you can think of so many things, right? So many things that obviously this is influenced by, right? You've got the Hitchcock film Strangers on a Train, right? And all the new iterations on that. You know, there's the, um, I always forget what it's bloody well called, but we've, we've got that one with, uh, it was directed by Paul Fick, right? With um, Anna Kendrick in from a few years back, which was bloody good. You know, that was a whole revenge thing. You know, there's so many of them. And then when you look at all of these teen movies, right, that this is, yeah, definitely, definitely walking in the shadow of, you know, clueless, like the whole school aesthetics. You can feel it, it, it's being mirrored on that. You know, you've got things like Mean Girls, all the clicks, she's all that. Going like a little Ferris Bueller, pretty in pink, you know, just all of these things, right? All of these things have that. And I will say, right, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that it's obvious, like you know what's happening, right? You know exactly where it's going to go. Right, as soon as you start watching, you can be like, okay, yeah, obviously, this is they're going to do this, and then they're going to do this, and then it's going to go here. And it's going how you think, right? But you're like, wait, surely the conclusion must be coming now, but we're only halfway through, essentially. And then they throw in this twist, right? They Throw in a twist to be like, da -da -da which, mm. see, the twist gets it kind of weird, right? Because it's one of those situations where they then go, oh, yes, you thought you knew what was happening, but people, but, which is all well and good. But then it doesn't make sense, right? It's like, okay, that that's fine, but it's one, it's it's a situation, right? Where instead of, I think painting it in a certain way, so a lot of things might be ambiguous, right? You might think, hmm, I thought they were friends. That seems a weird thing to say, you know, I mean, oh, I wonder why that happened. No, they don't do that. They play it like it's legit. And then with the big 
whole twisty twist, right, then it's just like, ha-ha, you thought this, and no, but it was really this. But then you look at the things that have gone, and it's a bit like, yo, but that then doesn't add up, right? The emotion shown in that bit, that makes no sense, right? That whole thing, that makes no sense, right? Which is the problem. I think if if it was just played slightly different, I think maybe the twist would have worked, right? But because of, and then they kind of give the twist away from a phone call from Treya about her car, right? As soon as that happens, you'd be like, hmm, oh, so that means, because it's just like, there's no need for the car thing. Right, it's kind of baffling why that's there. Because don't put that there, and then you're not giving that that nugget of doubt for people to go. Oh, right, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Right. We, so that's the big thing here. But you know, it's like although it's yeah, a story we've seen. Right, it's a story we've seen. It's still fine. It's still, you know, it's not bad, right? It's not bad at all. The dialogue, you know, it's one of these things with these kind of films. It never really feels natural, right? You do think "Mm, people don't necessarily talk like that. Or everyone's not talking. You know what I mean? You might get the odd person in a friend group who's like, more verbose, or you know what I mean, more slang, or just more, you know what I mean? But when you just get every single person who we ever meet talking these same similar patterns, it's like a little, and the, I think the other thing about this film as well, it kind of needed to be set in the past. Right, because they do certain things. It's not set in the past, because it's like when Max is like, oh, I've decided to set up the cis men for uh, whatever it is, like empowerment of women or something like that group, right? So you know, oh, this is now, right? But it's like, yes, I can imagine someone going, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm an ally. But you're going to have some dissenters, right? Especially at a motherfucking university with safe spaces and all of this. You're going to have people that are like, no, you can't speak for us or, you know what I mean? Just whatever. There's going to be that. But they want to paint it that Max is loved by everyone, you know? So it's just like, doesn't quite work doesn't quite work most of the acting is solid right most of the acting is solid there are a few roles which kind of a bit like i don't know about that one i don't know about that one also the character's not fleshed out at all right we do have that thing where characters meet and, you know, they're necessarily, at the beginning, they're not friends, then they meet, and then the next time they're fucking, right? Which is always just, 
Hmm. Like, they, they never show anyone, hey, let's go on a date. Let's get to know each other. It, it's always, oh, we didn't like, now, oh, now there's a connection. Oh, now we're just going to run in a kiss and now we're going to fuck. That's it. And you're just like, you could show more, right? You could develop this. It could go a different way. You don't have to be cliche to talk people. You know what I mean? So we have all of this. Like, the end... The end doesn't really make sense. I mean, it makes sense. But you just think, what are you doing? Like, we get a whole kind of platoon moment. Which is just something like, and then I think there's a load of people culpable for things that go down, right? And although they're like, oh yes, let's let's address the person that does this thing, they still don't address like the whole hive mind situation. Right, the where the people that are friends but then turn on each other and all of this kind of thing. It's just like, you know, like I think sometimes these films, it, it, they act like they want to talk on these things, right? They want to be like, look, we're sending a, a message around this. But then they really fall short on the message or they only really address one part of it. And you're just like, eh, I mean, you could have done more. There's, there's more that could be said here, you know what I mean? But hey, there you go. That's what that's what we get. That's what we get. You know. So it's it's interesting. You know what I mean? It's it's okay. I felt it's okay. You know. I think if they just finesse some of the things, it 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 would have probably racked up a bit more. Would have racked up a bit more, but it's a team film, right? So if you like Clueless and all of them things, right, this, you know, may well speak to you. If you like the recent senior year, you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Then I think Do Revenge will talk to you. It's not a count of Monte Cristo, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, it's not that did think it might, you know what I mean, that's why I originally thought it might be a little, you know what I mean, crazy like that, it's not quite, it's not quite, well, it's, it's, it's not quite, it's just not, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's not, but yeah, as I said, look, there you go, they, they, here's the other thing as well, when we get the big twisty twist, there are kind of elements of the film that they seem to want to change, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you planted that, or that happened, and it's just like, you, but that didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Or the way you showed it, there was no indication of that thing. So to then go, oh, that's what, that seems very weird. Right? So, yeah, we did get that, which, again, you know what I mean? More finesse. More finesse. The other thing, which this might just be me, but I do get a little tired about these films when it's like a white dude. You know, like every single person is just like, oh, this, this little white dude. 
Harley's incredible. I want to fuck him. And you're just like, I mean, we could change the race. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, does it always have to be a white dude? You feel me? It, it, it just feels a bit like, ah, what? You know what I mean? Let's, tr- let's show you some different dynamics, people. You know? Maybe? Right? Might just be me. But anyway, people, as I said, look, if you like your teen films, you know, Clueless, Senior Year, those sort of jams, then, uh, yeah, this interpretation of Strangers on a Train might very well be for you. Do Revenge is now on Netflix. Okay, people, so we're coming to the end of part one, right? But before we do, let's take a look at what's happening in the world of film. Okay, so, um, yeah, we, we know that PlayStation are bringing big games to the big screen, right? Um, and Gran Turismo is one of those games. This is a racing car game, right? So, yeah, it's kind of how are they going to do it? You know, it's going to be directed by Neil Blomkamp, right? Um, it's written by Jason Hall and Zach Balin, right? Now, we, uh, we've got Archie Maddox, Maddox, um, in the joint already. Right, David Harbour is also on the cast. Um, and Orlando Blue has just There you go. So, um, the Toronto Toronto Film Festival is underway at the moment. Right now, one of the films involved is the people's show, right, which premiered. But then the upper screenings were dropped. Now, I feel it's pretty obvious why that happened, right? Now, filmmaker and writer Vera Drew, um, yeah, recently put out a statement about the whole situation, right? Which said, the eve of our premiere, a media conglomerate that shall remain nameless sent me an angry letter, misinterpreted as a cease and desist, pressuring to not scream. Any other film festival would have called us immediately, but after being fully transparent with TIFF, we agreed to premiere's plan. While scaling back our latest screenings to mitigate potential blowback, it was disappointing, especially since I went to great length of legal counsel to have it fully full under parody fair use. But I made this choice to protect our film's future and to protect our new friends at TIFF, who have been some of the People's Joker's biggest advocates. Right? I kind of feel you, you can't be bent out of shape or blame anyone 
right? If you use other people's, uh, what do you call it? Like ideas, right? Creating property. Um, there is an actual term which I cannot But look, you're using other people's stuff. Of course, they will not be right? Because it's playing with the perception of those things, right? It's brand recognition, all of that jazz. Now, if this was just like this film could have been made in other ways with no reference to like the Joker or Batman or anything like that could have been done but it wasn't right it was done in this context to get people to come and look at it to go that's interesting right so i mean intellectual oh my gosh right so yeah you can't be mad you can't be anything right you go like Dolomir she knew what this is and she's probably not even mad right now because it still brings attention to the film you know what I mean there is that right so in other news G Kids have um acquired the rights to unicorn right this is an animated horror comedy they're saying it's a Spanish film from Alberto Vasquez. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> supposedly, right, they're saying it's family meets apocalypse now. Hmm. Right, so the film is set in a universe where teddy bears have been locked in an ancestral war against humans. Aggressive and confident teddy bear Bluet and his sensitive and withdrawn brother Tubby go through the rigors and humiliation of teddy bear boot camp before engaging in psychedelic horrors of a combat tour in the magic forest. Their complicated history and increasingly strained relationship will soon determine the fate of the entire world. Boom, boom, boom. So yeah, this is due to drop in cinemas early 2023. Alright, so Paul Greengrass has a new film coming. Right, he's adapting a new Stephen King film, a new book. With the story following a 17 year old boy who inherits the keys to a terrifying world where good and evil are at war, the stakes could not be higher for that world and ours as he journeys into the mythic roots of human so right now Greengrass is involved Greg Goodman is producing and uh, yeah they're looking for a home so I expect more news on that one to be coming shortly mm-hmm. now fresh off literally fresh off his recent win 
Canelo Alvarez has signed to um, be a part of Creed 3, which Michael B. Jordan is going to be directing as well as starring in as uh, Creed, right? Reed, um, son Adonis Okay, so uh, yeah, I imagine right Canelo is going to be the big bad, possibly. Now, <laughs> it'll be ridiculous if um, they have, you know, bloody uh, Johnson beat him. Right, which they like to do. Remember when Antonio Tarbo was in, you know, a Rocky film? Right now, Tony Bellow is also in, so maybe there's a thing with that, right? Maybe Camillo's a trainer. The film is due out on the 3rd of March 2023, which is not that far off, really. So I imagine filming needs to be happening real soon, unless it's already underway. Who knows? But that's me going down with that. Now, Francis Lawrence, he has um, signed on to direct film about the nine. Is uh, hmm, no, they were like cool star. Well, they weren't cool star, it was like a mishmash of genres, but the best of the line, right? Like, you know, one of the ones of the line, okay? <laughs> Which, uh, okay, all right, let's see what he does with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see which way they go. Chris Mundy is going to be writing the script, um, and Lawrence will also produce with Peter Sherman, Gino Topping, David Reddy, Dave Kaplan, and Peter Emma. Uh, now, in other Lawrence news, right, one of these early films was Constantine, right, which Keanu Reeves starred in as, yeah, Constantine, came out in 2005. Now, they have batted around the scope of doing a sequel for a long time. Now it's going to happen. It's kind of great. So, definitely, it's kind of freaking great. Right? Akiva Goldsman is going to be writing the script. And uh, he will be producing along with JJ Abrahams and Hannah Minghella. So, yeah. I mean, the first film was kind of shit, so hopefully this won't be better. I mean, there were some interesting components to it. You know? Now, another thing that wasn't great was the last with Jaden Smith. That's fun, right? It's fun. And it was also weird because, you know, where it was. 
and everything. Like, it was the wrong country. Like, it was very weird. It was an odd. It was an odd one. It was an odd one. Um, but it seemed his Cobra Kai has been killing it. Right? So, uh, yeah, so Sony Pictures, uh, and they're saying it's going to be out on the 7th of June 2024. That's the date they've uh, done it. Now, the way they're talking about it is if it's going to be a direct sequel to the original. Mm, which, I don't know, because you had Karate Kid 2 and 3, which were all very much set very close to the original so I, you know I mean, whether they go directly from the first or maybe from the first but yeah it won't be connected to um right that was that was the big one like if it's set i mean if it is part of the original film Cobra Kai is part of the original, you know what I mean? It's directly connected to all of that stuff. So, will it be connected to Cobra Kai? Well, people, John Hurwitz put out a statement via Twitter. He said, The guys and I would love to make Karate Kid and Cobra Kai movies and come to someday, but this one isn't from us or focused on the Cobra Kai cast. Don't know much about it, but wish it were. So, yes, that's what makes it interesting, right? Because Ralph Macchio and William Zappa are in Cobra Kai. So, it does make you wonder how this film. Right, what's the connection to, you know, all of that jazz? With the film exposing dropping with 2024, you will probably find out some information. Is that, and let's end with this because, um, yeah, Disney has been shaking up their uh, release windows, right? So, um, Rogue Squadron has been pulled from the schedule, which, you know, there hasn't really been a lot of movement on the film, so no surprise that Paddy Jenkins is, you know, she's pretty much locked in with a third Wonder Woman film, I believe, right? But that means a move more, right? So, um... Next goal wins from Takiti Watiti. Right, that is um, going to be dropping on the 21st of April 2023. Uh, Haunted Mansion, right? That one uh, will be coming on the 11th of August 2023. And Wish will be dropping on the 22nd of November, right in 2024, on the 1st of March to be precise, we're going to have Elo, 
And then on the 22nd of March will be the live action snow film. Right, we we know we're getting a sequel to Inside Out. That's due on the 14th of June. And um, Mustafa, right, Barry Jenkins, and Lion prequel will be dropping days from birthday on the 5th of July. So, now, we've got a few Marvel films that have been um, chiggied around a little bit. So there's an untitled film that is now coming on the 6th of September 2024. It was meant to be dropping on the 16th of February, but it's been moved, right? So, um, yeah, that means... This untitled film will be dropping in between Thunderbolts in July and Fantastic Four in November. So it makes it very intriguing that this film. But that is us for part one. Remember, this is a two-parter. So. People. I will see you shortly in the tomb. All right.